You know, one of the things that I love about coming in into our traditional service is listening to our beautiful choir. And I know that um, I might break the mood, but I do think they need a round of applause. It takes a lot of work to be part of a choir. I used to do that growing up, but Mike, don't try to recruit me right now. <laughs> Today, we will continue our sermon series on loving others, the art of welcoming. In the first week of this series, we discussed the importance of understanding that we are indeed loved by God, and in response to his love for us, we need to love ourselves in order to be able to extend the love of Christ to others. In the second week, we were reminded about the importance of families and how we need to be welcoming and hospitable to each other, even though at times we might get on each other's nerves. In the third week, we were reminded about the story of the Good Samaritan and were challenged to think about who our neighbors are and the idea of being more intentional about building relationships with them. Last week, we discussed how all of us are important in our church family and that no person is greater than another. All of us have at least one gift to serve others, and all of us are needed in order to have a healthy church and to be, ex and to be able to extend the love of Christ within our community of faith. This morning, we will expand on what it means to be welcoming as we discuss loving others in our local community. Now, you might be thinking, well, we already do this. We're great as a community of faith. In fact, we started this year with a huge Mission Blitz effort where we accomplished many projects in record time. As a church, we worked together to bag over 40,000 sweet potatoes, built picnic tables, packed meals, made Tennessee taco soup, and did a bunch of other things. And yes, we did do that. However, this is not the only time that we have the opportunity to share the love of Christ with others in our local community. As followers of Christ, we are called to share God's love for all of His children on a regular basis, even if this means a sacrifice of our time and willingness to be uncomfortable at times. One of the things that Dennis and I love to do is to entertain family and friends in our home. It is always great fun for us to come up with a theme for dinner, look through cookbooks and websites for recipes that pique our interest, and then develop a detailed menu. That's my planner instinct coming out. Some of the pages in our cookbook seem to open up by magic at right the just spot, only because we have used the recipe more than once with success. On the other hand, there have been times when we have been so disappointed when the recipe didn't live up to our expectations, or when something went wrong when we were preparing it, or even worse, preparing something and getting so busy entertaining our guests that we forgot to serve it. I can remember one dinner that we had when I spent over two hours peeling 10 pounds of potatoes, cutting them into bite-sized pieces, and chopping onions and pickles and adding mayonnaise and seasoning to make a wonderful potato salad for a crowd of 40, only to realize after everyone was served that I had left it in the fridge. However, no matter how the food turns out, our goal is for our guests to feel welcomed and loved as we extend hospitality to them through an evening of food and fellowship.
the world almost seems to stand still for us as we enjoy each other's company and take time to listen and discuss a wide range of topics ranging from the daily grind to dreams for the future. Sharing a meal with family and friends is part of our culture and one that has certainly developed into an entire industry. Why, we even have television shows geared towards cooking and baking competitions, along with magazines and cookbooks that cater to people willing to shop for exotic ingredients in order to create new and exciting meals and desserts. Many of us spend time around Thanksgiving, Christmas, and family birthdays sharing a meal and enjoying each other's company, which create memories to share with future generations. Sharing a meal with others is not new and was an important part of the culture during the time Jesus lived. Our passage this morning is from Luke 14, where the setting is a meal. Jesus has just arrived at the house of a prominent Pharisee and sees a man who is suffering from dropsy, a disease which causes one's body to have painful swelling in their limbs. Even though it is the Sabbath, Jesus chooses to heal the man who is near a few Pharisees, and though they are challenged by his actions, they say nothing. Upon entering the home, Jesus looks around and observes that the guests are looking for and trying to find the best seats possible to sit, places of honor at the table. In response to what he witnesses, Jesus shares with the guests a parable pertaining to the attribute of humility, something that definitely wasn't on display at that moment. In this story, Jesus tells them when they are invited to a meal, they should not try to rush to sit at the best places at the table. Instead, he advises them to take the lowest place possible. If they seek out the best places, they might embarrass themselves because there is a chance that the host could ask them to move if someone more prominent comes to the dinner. In contrast, they should choose a less prominent place to sit so their host might elevate their position by inviting them to a different place, a place of honor. After Jesus finishes this parable addressed to the guests, he tells another parable, but this time he addresses the parable to the host, which is our scripture for today, and it pertains to the attribute of hospitality found in Luke 14, 12 through 14. He said, Also to the one who had invited him, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors in case they may invite you in return and you would be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame and the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous." We don't know how large or small this feast was or who was in attendance. However, from what Jesus said, we know that the group was comprised of friends, siblings, relatives, and rich neighbors of the host, people that he was comfortable to be around and most likely had the means to invite him into their homes to reciprocate his generosity at a later date. Most likely, these people would be similar to the ones you or I would invite into our home to share a meal. And yet, 
Jesus tells the prominent Pharisee when he gives a banquet that he shouldn't invite those that he knows that are in similar socioeconomic class. Instead, Jesus conveys to the host that he should be extending hospitality to those in his community who cannot reciprocate the offer, those who are the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. The people, quite frankly, that were typically excluded from being around the Pharisees because they were not even allowed to be part of the community due to their ailments. They were considered social outcasts with problems that were attributed to some sin that they had either committed or that their parents had. And if we are honest with ourselves, probably not the people we would invite into our house as well. A couple of weeks ago, Pastor Brooke shared with us her experience working in the warming shelter at Cokesbury United Methodist Church when we had our recent snow apocalypse. She told us of the importance of being involved in the effort and how having a warming shelter on this side of Knoxville saved lives while we experienced unprecedented freezing temperatures and snow in the area. She talked about those who volunteered there, brought warm meals to share with others, and was honest with us regarding what she had witnessed. It was a wonderful way to extend hospitality to those in our community who struggle with housing. However, she also acknowledged that this effort was messy at times. It is true that getting involved with folks who don't see or experience things the same way that we do can be messy and sometimes scary and sometimes even disappointing. That is why I truly believe it makes what reaching out to others who are very different than us a difficult thing to do. While we know intellectually that Jesus calls us to love our neighbor and to get involved with others, when we look at our own lives and the skills that we have, we tend to step back and wonder if he is truly calling us or someone else to get involved in extending the love of Christ in these type of situations. Maybe, deep down inside, we hope that he is calling someone else instead of us because we just don't feel comfortable interacting with someone who may be very different than ourselves. After all, what would we have in common with them? What would we talk about if we shared a meal with them what would we learn? Do we ever stop and wonder what would happen to us if we were to become involved with people who are different than us? Is it possible that we might be changed for the better? Several commentators point out in our, in our passage of scripture for today that it would be ridiculous to think that Jesus was telling the host that he should never invite his friends into his home. After all, while Jesus did spend a lot of time with those who were considered outcasts in society, he also spent time away from them. There were many times in Jesus' life where he had to retreat from the crowds and just simply recharge, either by being in solitude or hanging out with his friends. Perhaps what Jesus is conveying in this passage is that we cannot entertain our friends at the expense of helping others. In other words, we cannot be too extravagant in entertaining our friends that we don't have any time and resources to minister to those who need our help. 
those who may be considered outcasts in society today. Nevertheless, we cannot miss Jesus' mandate for us to reach out to help those who need our help. We also need to consider the eternal implications stated in this passage of Scripture. Jesus tells the host when he invites people that cannot repay him to share a meal with him that he will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. We are reminded of this fact in the story of the sheep and the goats found in the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus discusses the day of judgment and how when he returns to judge the nations, he will separate people into two groups, much like a shepherd separates sheep from goats. Jesus will place his sheep at his right hand and his goats at the left. Then he will say to those at his right hand the following words found in Matthew 25, 34 through 40. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared from you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you, or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did it for one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. In this story, we are reminded of the call Jesus places on his followers to take care of those in society who are mostly forgotten. When we do this, we will reflect God's compassion for others and be blessed in ways beyond our imagination. Even though it can be messy, scary, or disappointing at times, we do so because we have been called by Jesus to serve others in tangible ways. When I was taking classes at Asbury Theological Seminary, we were tasked to interview someone who worked in a nonprofit ministry. I reached out to the Reverend Rebecca Fetzer, who founded Susanna's House, a nonprofit organization that provides free, intensive outpatient services for women who suffer from substance use disorder and are either pregnant or have children. Most of these women are either homeless or live in very unsafe conditions. The goal of this recovery program is to provide these women with the opportunity to turn their lives around and to be able to provide a healthy future for their children. They want to break the cycle of addiction that is prevalent in their lives. This interview turned into an internship and later into a job where I was introduced to women who are not like me. And yet, the more I was around them, I realized that we had more in common than I could ever have imagined. I learned this through spending time with them as we sat around tables where all staff, clients, and volunteers share the lunch meal together. It was during these times that I learned how unique and yet the same 
we truly are. Each time I looked around the room where we ate, I witnessed the love of Christ being extended to women who had a hard time growing up and surviving and were brave enough to try to turn things around in order to make the future brighter for themselves and their children. We cannot even begin to imagine the odds that they face, but because of Rebecca and the rest of the staff at Susanna's house, these women have an opportunity to receive the love of Christ, to learn to love themselves for the first time in their lives, and then to learn to love their neighbors. It is through the common act of sharing a meal and being in the presence of those who care about them where they receive unconditional love and are accepted for who they are. I realize that all of us can't take on an enormous task like Rebecca and start a nonprofit organization. However, all of us can be more intentional about sharing the love of Jesus with those in our local community who struggle to make ends meet. We have many opportunities within our church where you may become involved to help those in our community. And here are just a few of them. We need workers to spend time in our community garden to help grow and harvest fresh vegetables that we share with many food pantries and agencies around town. We need workers in our flower ministry to help grow, pick, and arrange flowers for distribution in our local community. We need workers to help collect food donations, sort them, and then stock the shelves at the Shepherd of Hope Food Pantry. We also need workers to help distribute the donations to those who will receive them. We need workers to collect bagels and bread from Panera and fresh fruit from edible arrangements, package them, and then distribute them to those in need. We need workers at our thrift store to welcome those in our community who need to purchase clothes and household items at a fair price in order to make the money that they earn stretch as far as possible. We need workers to build homes for Habitat for Humanity in order to provide hardworking low-income families with the opportunity to live in a safe place. Friends, we have so many opportunities in our church to reach those in our community who may not be like us, but are loved by God and desperately need to know it. The way that they understand this is through you and your willingness to be Jesus' hands and feet in this world, to develop relationships with others who may be very different than you. What can you do to further the mission of our church and the world as we set out to share Christ, serve others, and walk in faith? Simply volunteer in one of our many outreach ministries. You will be involved in our local community and help others learn to love Christ like we do. Whenever we celebrate Holy Communion, we do so in the United Methodist Church with the understanding that Jesus invites all of us to his table to share a meal with each other, while in some mysterious way he is present with us. When we do so, we acknowledge that despite our differences, we are united by the love that Jesus has for each one of us. Let us now go to God in prayer and thanksgiving for the wonderful meal that he has prepared for us. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for fellowship that we experience with family and friends within our community of faith. 
Open our eyes, hearts, and minds so that we can see where you're calling us to serve others, not just with monetary gifts, but through acts of service and by building relationships with others. Help us to focus on what we have in common with those who are not like us rather than on our differences. Provide us with the courage that we need to get involved in an outreach ministry so that we can demonstrate your love for the world through our endeavors. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Concord United Methodist Church. This podcast is a ministry of Concord United, and we would love to hear from you. To contact us, please send an email to podcasts at concordunited.org with sermons in the subject line. For more information about Concord United, including worship times, service opportunities, mission efforts, and classes, please visit our website at concordunited.org. We also invite you to download and enjoy our daily devotional podcasts presented by the pastors and members of Concord United. Finally, we would appreciate it if you would leave a rating and a review of this podcast so that others can discover it and benefit from it.